0: Hi, and welcome to the Cyclical Podcast. My name is Cassandra Wilder, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and a women's cyclical health expert. This podcast is a space where we demystify all of the bad hormone advice we've been given and instead get back down to the foundations. Your dream of regular pain-free periods, balanced hormones, and vibrant energy is within reach. Join me and other incredible experts here every single Monday for conversations that are sure to be life-changing. Let's get started. Hi everybody, welcome back to the cyclical podcast. Perhaps one of the most common requests for an episode I've had over the years is a full breakdown about exercise and cyclical health. I remember first learning about exercise science and how it applies to female biology and being so blown away. It's one of those things that once we talk about it today, you'll be like, oh, it makes total sense. Like it's kind of obvious how our exercise needs change with our cycle. But we live in a world where male biology dominates in most research realms, and that includes exercise science for sure. This conversation is so important to have too because so many women that I work with come to me after years and years of chronic undernourishment, which if you haven't listened to the first episode I did this season about, quote, healthy nutrition habits that are wrecking your hormones, you'll get the nutrition piece to that. Um, But then the exercise piece is the other big thing. I can think of so many clients and students I've had over the years who came to me so drained and unwell with their hair falling out and huge thyroid issues, and they couldn't get pregnant, and their progesterone was non-existent, and we'd start to go through their history with food and exercise, and it would quickly be illuminated, like I just said, that they were super undernourished, living on like zero nutrition, very, very little calories, but then they also often had a obsession with high-intensity exercise. They would die hard in whatever thing they loved, whether that was hot yoga or HIT classes or whatever big box kind of gym that offers exercise programs. Exercise really has the power to be very nourishing and healing to the body, but it also has the power to be really disruptive and to be the thing that they say, was the straw that broke the camel's back. And so especially if you feel like over the years you have been feeling worse and worse and you're noticing more and more symptoms, A, you'll get a lot from this episode, and B, I hope that you take some time to reflect on your habits that you have had over the years and to truly ask, were these nourishing me or were these causing me to become sick? I'm really excited about today's guest because not only is she also cycle-obsessed just like me and her passion and purpose is talking about hormone health and cyclical wisdom but she is also a certified personal trainer and she has devoted her life to understanding how exercise impacts female biology. My lovely guest today is none other than Omega Zampano, the creator of the Fitness Flow Method. Our episode is so good today, and I think that's largely because Omega isn't just an expert in the idea of exercising with our cycles, but she has lived it firsthand. I was so shocked to learn that she used to be a professional bodybuilder, (laughs) and she posted pictures to prove it, and what that did to her hormones and how she began the healing process... Afterwards, we also talk about big things like hypothalamic amenorrhea, and I know someone here needs to hear her amazing wisdom around that. We talk about intense workout routines and how they affect us as women. She then goes into the four phases of the menstrual cycle, how to exercise within each phase, and even answers those big questions like cardio, strength training, what is really the right option for most women. I know you're going to love this episode, so make sure you share this with any beautiful woman in your life who loves to exercise, or if you have a personal trainer share this episode with them because omega is out here changing the world y'all she just launched a menstrual cycle certification program for fitness trainers who want to learn how to be cycle literate and be able to train with the menstrual cycle in mind it is approved for continuing education hours so i'm just so proud of her i will link that below for any of you that are also cycle obsessed want to be able to serve your clients better And Otherwise, let's get into today's episode with the incredible Omega. Hi, Omega. I am so excited to chat with you today. You have such a fascinating story when it comes to exercise and how you've completely transformed your Mm. approach to women's fitness. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Cassandra. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, you're one of those people that I feel like I've connected with so much on Instagram. So I'm like, we're friends. And then, yeah, when we got on this call, I was like, this is the first time we've ever actually talked.
1: Yeah, yeah. we've exchanged some voice notes, but like, this is this is real time.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, so nice to finally connect.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I really gain a lot following you on Instagram, and I was shocked when I learned that you were once competing as a professional bodybuilder. You've posted mm-hmm. these pictures, you know, of you on these stages. Like, I just didn't have any idea that that was part of your story. And it's maybe so shocking because now you're like very opposite of that, and that you're yeah. so passionate about fitness, but in relation to cyclical wisdom. I would just mm-hmm. love to hear part of this story why bodybuilding, what happened along the way, <laughs> tell me everything.
1: Yeah, totally. So why bodybuilding? I actually grew up in a bodybuilding family. Like going to the gym is something that we did. um, And as a family, uh, kind of odd, but my dad owned a sports nutrition company. And I grew up around bodybuilders. That was just kind of what everyone did. And so it just seemed appropriate for me to start doing that. So I started I started going to the gym, like when I was 16, before school, I would wake up at 5am, go to the gym. And I loved it. And then I got into bodybuilding. I competed in my first competition at 19, before they had this bikini category that they have now. And, um, and that's how that's how my passion in fitness started. I got my personal training certification when I was 18, and then went to school for exercise science. So like, I was like, all about that fit life. <laughs> right, right when I was a young one. Seriously. Yeah.
0: Wow. Interesting how that was just your childhood. That was just part of maybe even uh-huh. how your family bonded and connected.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Um I knew what a carb was when I was six years old. Like there's some like oh, pretty Yeah, no, I know. There's some like pretty toxic things that I picked up about diet culture at a young age, but there's also some really like wonderful habits that I instilled in my life, like just loving to move my body and like just transforming how I did that and what that meant to me throughout my life, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So fascinating. So when you were in that realm of bodybuilding, what was your exercise like at the time? And then also how did your body feel? Like when you look back now, do you feel yeah. like you were healthy?
1: Oh, no, no. Um, Like when I look back now, everything seems so dry and creaky. Like Mm -hmm. my body Mm -hmm. was when you're when you're at that level of sport, like it can be any sport. It doesn't have to be bodybuilding. But when you're at that level, um, you're constantly beating your body. If you're not Like working with a coach who's properly periodizing your program. And for people that don't know what periodization is, it's just changing the program from like week to week so that your body can have a chance to recover. But I wasn't doing that. And my coaches weren't helping me figure out what that looked like for myself. So it was, I was constantly beating my body down and my body felt hurt all the time, like literal pain all the time. And it felt swollen and everything felt really, um, dry. Like I wasn't getting, we can talk about nutrition too, but I wasn't getting the proper nutrition to actually fuel Mm -hmm. what my body was doing. It was like diet culture plus this toxic fitness culture combined into one body. (laughs) Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I can only, I can only imagine how confusing it must be to from the exterior look like the vision of health, you know, at least in the mm-hmm. west, but internally feel like you said dry and creaky and it kind of sounds like you felt aged.
1: Yeah, totally. Um yeah, absolutely. That's a good way of putting it.
0: Can I ask what was your menstrual cycle like at the time, especially when you started to dip into you know, kind of like a cutting time where you really needed to lean out?
1: Yeah. So like one word, not. I did not have a menstrual cycle for six years of my life during this time.
0: What?
1: Six years. Six years. Six years. Yeah.
0: And you weren't on birth control.
1: Wasn't on birth control. Um, No, nothing like that. Mm -mm. Six years.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm just like, I know
1: shocking, right? Like you and I think about that now. And if we like come across a person that hasn't had a period for six years, we're very concerned.
0: Yeah. We're like, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So no period for six years. Mm -hmm. Um, did any of your coaches or anyone you were spending a lot of time with have any concern of that?
1: no. Um, no, they didn't. Coaches, coaches during that time, maybe some knew that this wasn't an appropriate thing for a young female body to be going through, but coaches at the time either didn't ask about it or when they knew about it, they would just chalk it up to a person being lean and that being a normal thing for a lean competitor. People weren't talking about the female mm-hmm. athlete triad in my circle. Um, my even my mom, as like well-meaning as she was, was like, okay, you're, you're just lean. It's fine. Um, and then mm-hmm. also, like, I, I did have one friend, one friend in high school that was like, that's not normal. You need help. And I was like, no, it's normal. Wow. It's fine. Yeah, one friend, Rachel. God bless Rachel. But that was the only person that ever said that there is something amiss, and you gotta get this checked out and I will also say, and i I shared this on another podcast that I did that I also had a traumatic sexual experience when I was sixteen, and like all of these things traumatic sexual experiences over exercising dieting like they're they're all linked, and you and I are intimately familiar with hypothalamic amenorrhea and that whole process and how that works. So, you know, that is what was happening. And I wish a coach would have asked about that, but that just wasn't Mm -hmm. in anyone's awareness at that time.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm just like, I'm shocked. Like I really don't have words even just to think mm. how it wasn't that long ago that no one talked about any of this. And I think that's mm-hmm. why people are so grateful that people like you and I exist because we're we're, we're talking about it day in and day out. <laughs> All day, every there day. There's still women in the world that, yeah, there's still women in the world that have never received access to this kind of information.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so true. It's so true. And it's like becoming more and more common like i meet people every day that's like oh my gosh i just found you and i just you know saw this other thing about high estrogen you know i think i might de- be dealing with high estrogen okay like y- y- there's there's more and more resources now than ever before for people with the menstrual cycle to start creating body literacy and it's so freaking cool to watch it all mm. unfold
0: it is. We're so lucky we get to be part yeah. of it.
1: Yeah. I feel the same.
0: <laughs> so when you were in that bodybuilding world, what do you think was going on with your hormones? Or, or maybe you know what happened after the fact, but what mm-hmm. truly do you think was happening on a hormone level?
1: Yeah. So I think hypothalamic amenorrhea was one thing. I did get diagnosed with PCOS and hypothyroid syndrome. And I had a great doctor tell, like kind of break down to me what was happening and what was secondary and what was primary. So the hypothyroid syndrome that I was experiencing was, um, secondary to PCOS. And, um, you know, I don't know why I developed PCOS. Um, you know i know that the hypothalamic amenorrhea must have played a part into this but i also know that that muscles are myokines muscles uh, have the capability to produce hormones so if i'm training day in day out if i'm doing power and strength training every day lower body upper body hit cardio like my body is producing a lot of testosterone and i had a Testosterone dominant sort of PCOS, like hair on the mm-hmm. chin, hair in unwanted places, like um, you know, I, I had cysts and things like that. And so, I really think that that there was a testosterone thing happening, and that all of these things, starting with the hypothalamic amenorrhea, it was like dominoes. It kind of fell all fell all into place where I was eventually had no period was diagnosed with PCOS. Like my thyroid was for crap. And I actually gained 30 pounds in three months also after I started competing. Yeah. Yes. After I stopped competing, like I I had, I know I had a competition in November and by February I was, uh, I think I competed. They, They make you weigh in for these types of things. So like I knew that I weighed 111 pounds at competition, which is too little for me. I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. almost 5'4". I'm 5'3 three and 3 quarters. So I know that that is a little <laughs> too light for me. Got to get that 3 quarters in. And so in January, I weighed 30 pounds over that. And then wow. it just kept increasing and increasing and increasing. And actually during that time, Cassandra... That's when I got my period back because my body was finding Mm. regulation again. And I know Mm. that 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 same story is so true for lots of people that are dealing with hypothalamic amenorrhea too. Like we have to let our body, we have to let the pendulum swing in order to find balance again.
0: Totally. And Mm. it's hard for so many people though, because mm-hmm. we live in a culture where we attach to body shape, our weight, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and so I've had clients with HA who oh, they're, and I understand but they're, they're so resistant yeah. to yeah. gaining weight or something to get their period back. And it, it just mm-hmm. shows how toxic this whole mentality is in our culture that weight and everything is, is our worth and our measure of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. And, my, my encouragement to those people is that your body is your, the body is so wise. It's so much, it's so much. And we as humans and as women who exercise, we almost try to force our body into looking a certain way. And like our body wants to be healthy. Our body will be healthy if we let it be. And it's really mm-hmm. about trusting the wisdom of our body at the end of the day.
0: Yes. And that's body literacy, truly. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's listening and, and tapping into what we already know within.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, you were on quite the roller coaster. So it sounds like, yeah, ultimately those stress hormones took over. Your body mm-hmm. felt safe enough to finally put on the weight it had been missing for so long. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I hear a lot of women say that they, you know, kind of get into obsessive things with orange theory or spin classes or Mm -hmm. whatever, where they pretty soon are going every day, or maybe they're even staying for two classes every day, Mm -hmm. because A, I think they think they need to, and B, I think they get kind of addicted to the stress hormones. Is it fair to say then with your expertise that this is probably causing way more harm than good?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So
0: what was your, what was your healing journey like? So you gain 30 pounds, your period comes back. I imagine you're probably like, what is happening?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, the healing journey, you know, it took, it took about eight years for my body to find balance again. Like, and that was my own personal journey because I did go back into bodybuilding two two times after that yeah i went back into bodybuilding and, and well as it was actually bikini competition then so i like most healing journeys <laughs> we all know this it's not linear right like i i went back to what i what i thought was comfortable for my body which was forcing it to look a certain way um twice in this 8 year period so this healing journey looked like okay my body's gaining weight um you know i I went on a couple diets to try to regulate the weight. The diets worked because diets generally do work for a short term. And then I was like, oh, this isn't really working for me. So I put the diet aside. I started just living life. I started just doing low intensity cardio. This was walking. I lived in San Francisco at the time. So I would walk to work and walk back. So I got some walking in. I was beginning to trust the intelligence of my body for the first two years, two two to four years, and then I went back into bikini competitions again, did that, saw my body do the same thing. I still had a period though, but I gained an exponential amount of weight after the competition, got my blood tested, sure enough, hypothyroid syndrome again. So I know I had a propensity for that, but two years pass again, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do another competition, did a competition, saw my body go through the same thing, And then as I was finishing my degree in exercise science, I I took a break from school. So I went back, finished my degree, and I was working in a functional neurology clinic. And I learned so much about hormonal balance there and learned that my body actually was in a fight or flight state and that I I needed to actually pull back for a while from exercise completely. And so I did that. And this is where I started learning about the menstrual cycle. And I started putting the pieces of the puzzle together and understanding that, like, my hormones were not liking the way I was treating them, essentially. And from there, I was able to really understand, like, okay, like, there are four phases of my cycle. I can't work out the same way in each phase. Like, let's start doing some research on this. And then a good friend of mine who owns, she actually owns a supplement company, Ovamoon, sent a research paper to me about, I think this one was about how we burn more calories in our luteal phase. And she asked me to corroborate her findings for, um, for a collaboration that we were doing. And then it was there that I like fully started putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And then from there started dedicating my life to exercise in the menstrual cycle.
0: Wow. What an incredible story And it's funny. it's like none of us had a very linear
1: <laughs> no <laughs> like oh my I God. studied
0: this and then I started to do it. It's like we all were like picking up random pieces to the puzzle mm-hmm. and then suddenly someday we're like, oh, here's how I can make this usable for other people.-hmm
1: exactly. yeah, non-linear and and that's beautiful
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I didn't know the creator of Ova Moon was your friend. I love her products.
1: Yeah, Ariel and Dana. Yeah, we actually grew up, well, not grew up, (laughs) grew up in our 30s (laughs) around the same county. (laughs) So yeah, when we were growing up in our 30s, (laughs) we were around each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it sounds sounds good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So since you've specialized in exercise science for female biology, what kind of things do you teach the people in your arena? Where do you start with people to help them shift their rigidity and their very ingrained beliefs about exercise?
1: Yeah, well, before they find me, they're already shifted. You know, that's that's like the one thing, like people mm-hmm. who are in their rigid state they're they're not going to find me and actually i have had some people tell me that they do find me and they're actually like oh this is a load of bs like whatever and then they start saying yeah no i know because you know we're so uh the fitness industry has done a really great job at like at making us believe in this toxic fitness culture and this toxic diet culture And so when they see something like this, like, oh, there are hormones and hormones actually are benefited or are made worse by the way that we exercise and nourish our bodies. Um, So I would say that the people that find me are already in the process of thinking about this, you know, which is, which makes my job a whole lot easier.
0: Totally. So it's like, and what's the quote? When the student is ready, the teacher appears.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. You know, I have had a number of students and clients over the years say that they've yeah, either found someone like you or they just start learning the cyclical piece to exercise. And that they bring that to their trainer that maybe they've had a relationship with for a year or so. And I can't believe how often they say my trainer, you know, dismissed me or said that was pseudoscience or just was not even remotely Mm. open to Mm -hmm. shifting their exercise program. And I'm interested to hear your perspective because I'm always like, uh, you should fire them because you're the client and it's your body. And that's really sad that they would dismiss what you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, this brings up another Thing that I'm really excited about. I'm actually working on a program that's actually it'll be released in three weeks to help personal trainers get confident in using the menstrual cycle to enhance their clients' results. So, oh my gosh, wow, yeah, that's the latest and greatest in in my world. But if you know, if a person wants to use their menstrual cycle to train, and the personal trainer writes it off as pseudoscience, I would say to, the, to this client that, that is coming to you with this question, like go on PubMed or just literally type into Google exercise in the menstrual cycle scholarly and you'll find scientifically validated articles. Print them out, bring them to your trainer and ask them to read them because this is, this is the trainer's job. The trainer's job is to stay updated, on science trainers have to get continuing education every 2 years to stay updated on what's happening because there is new research being done on the human body every year all the all the freaking time and if our if our trainers aren't willing to learn about this and and change as the world change and respond to their clients needs then A, yes, like follow Cassandra's advice, fire your trainer because other trainers are talking about this. And like, secondly, like there are other trainers that are, that, that A, know about this, that are excited to teach you about this and that, that are, are interested in furthering their education and interested in like supporting this new way of being. And like, I mean, I could talk about this forever. Like, you just got me a little fired up, Sandra. Like, I'm a, I'm a little upset right now.
0: <laughs> I know. I get upset too when I'm like, the audacity to deny your client who pays you and they're requesting something that, yeah, I agree. As a trainer, I would like to think you'd want to know about it and know how that can further your own expertise, not mm-hmm. poo-poo it, but... Whatever. I digress. Whatever.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we could we could go into a rabbit hole with that. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, congrats on this new program. I've wondered if there's like a, I don't know what the certification is um, for something to be like accredited, you know, for your continuing education, but that's a huge deal that you're yeah. about to launch this thing that can help trainers be cyclically informed.
1: Yeah, it is so exciting. And I am actually working on the accreditation piece right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, stay, stay tuned. I'm, I'm, you know, it's all in the process. And I'm really excited about this because, because we as personal trainers, like myself included, we need this information, we need this knowledge. And like with other continuing education courses, like you know, it's all packaged up for us. But as personal trainers, like we often have to go seeking the information, read a bunch of books, sift through research articles. And I'd like to, you know, compact that all in one piece and and make it easy for people mm-hmm. to digest, you know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. to Kind of hand it to them on a beautiful platter and be like, this is beautiful what you need platter. to know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> excellent well I can't wait to hear more about that and to share that with my friends that are trainers and have asked me questions but I'm not the exercise scientist here so they need to come to you
1: hello I'm here
0: <laughs> perfect um I'd love for you to break down the menstrual cycle and just a really brief idea of exercise in every phase because that's a super common question so many people have even if they're not in the you know bodybuilding or whatever yeah How can they start to shift out of the mentality of do the same cardio or do the same strength training every single day? How can they adapt that to be cyclical?
1: Yeah, well, first things first, like our body loves variety, variety of food, variety of movement. And if we're talking about movement for the four phases of the cycle, we can always start with phase one, the bleed phase. In the bleed phase, our hormones are the lowest they will ever be in this in the cycle. And while some people, like athletes, report that they can set personal records in their menstrual phase, like this is not true for everybody. Like in the bleed phase, take your time to rest. The more that we rest, the more our body adapts and we actually can become stronger. So in the bleed phase, rest yogic movements are great, low impact cardio, low intensity stuff in general. In the follicular phase, I actually read a research article recently that was really interesting. It was by, I think it was a 2021 research article by Romero Parra et al. And they showed that we actually have more strength loss in the follicular phase. And on top of that, we have more delayed onset muscle soreness too. So it's really not the time to push ourselves. So even though we rest in the bleed phase, Coming out of the gates with like high intensity interval training and power training is actually going to lead us more sore and lead us to more muscle damage. So it's what I like explaining to people is like it's a bell curve. Exercise for the menstrual cycle is a bell curve. You start off super low intensity, you slowly ramp up the intensity in the bleed phase, And in the ovulatory phase, as estrogen and testosterone are at their peak, you can also do more intense exercise because your hormones are actually supporting that. Your hormones are supporting higher intensity movements. And then when we get to the luteal phase, we actually still, most people can still handle strength, higher strength loads in the early luteal phase. But as we come to the mid and the late luteal phase, as progesterone peaks in the mid luteal phase, we'll want to take down the intensity again and do lower intensity exercise, be it strength or lower intensity cardio, um, taking it easy. And as we come to the late luteal phase, it's even, even gentler. So if if I share something about my exercise and the cycle, like I'm in my mid luteal phase right now. So right now I am ramping down the intensity when we get off the phone, Cassandra. Well, I have another call after this, but after that, I'm going to do some yoga. I'm going to do like 30 minutes of yoga and maybe some handstand practice. And then I'm going to be done with fitness for the day. Whereas if when I'm, Coming into my bleed phase, I'm gonna be a couch potato for like three days and then I might go for a walk. When I'm in my follicular phase, I'm gonna go back to some body weight exercises. And when I'm in my ovulatory phase, I'll pick up a kettlebell, I'll pick up some weights, and I'll do some exercise. But and and that's pretty much it. Treat your exercise program along with your menstrual cycle as if you're working on a bell curve. Again, bleed phase, low intensity follicular phase, mid-intensity, ovulatory phase at your highest, highest, higher capacity. And then as you reach your luteal phase and late luteal phase, bring it down again.
0: See, when you lay it out like that, it sounds so doable, very organic and intuitive anyways.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it totally can be.
0: What do you say to people who have some resistance to that, or say they're like, "But I was really hoping to train for a half marathon, or I really want to have a certain fat percentage or something." How do you, I guess, how do you help them soften into it a little bit more?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my answer would be yes. You can. You can train for a half marathon, and to the body fat percentage, like. When when I hear stuff like that, I always take the route of of inquiring. Like, why is that important? What do they think they'll get out of that? Like, how is that actually serving them? What part of that is sustainable for them? Um, when we when we come up with a metric like body fat percentage, when I hear that, what's mostly true? And and apologies for anybody that's listening to this that has an idea of what body fat percentage they want but those the the body fat percentage thing is something that's made up. You know, you body fat percentages are very real, but when we come to them as a conclusion like I want to be at 10% body fat, you don't know what that looks like. You just have an idea with that of mm-hmm. what that looks like, right? And so if somebody comes to me with that, what they actually want is to get lean and strong and perhaps like have a six pack. And my response to that is that, okay, we, we can get you lean and strong. Like the ability for a person to develop a six pack is actually mostly like 90% genetic. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but Let's periodize your workout plan. Let's take you on this bell curve journey of fitness and let's see what your what your body can naturally do. Let's see let's see where your goldilocks mm. zone is, right? And the same thing with like running a marathon. Like absolutely you can train for a marathon with your cycle. Absolutely. And doing doing this type of training, I said that word again, periodization, like Periodization and training with your cycle is really no different. Athletes practice periodization at elite levels all the time, but we're not taught that type of training because we're lay people, right? But it is totally possible to reach your fitness goals and and follow your menstrual cycle. I am the fittest and the healthiest I've ever been. And I train for bodybuilding competitions, y'all. I'm fitter than I was then, and I'm training with my menstrual cycle. And I'm gentler with myself and kinder to myself, which is more important than anything else.
0: Totally. So beautiful. I love that this is is just who you are and that you've had success in keeping your body so healthy and do it from a loving mentality not a restrictive picking apart mm-hmm. kind of place
1: mhm yeah absolutely not picking apart
0: so fascinating i'm so glad we're talking <laughs> i have so many questions mm, me too um i've heard a lot of people say that strength training is one of the most nourishing exercises for female biology um, mm-hmm. which is interesting since a lot of us have been on the cardio train for so long myself mm-hmm. included and I, doing a lot of cardio did give me quote results at the time mm-hmm. but inevitably it would always plateau and probably everyone mm-hmm. listening is like oh yeah I remember the cardio plateau mm-hmm. can you talk a bit about strength training for our biology and and also maybe squash that myth that if we train too much we're going to develop very masculine features?
1: Oh yeah, we'll, we'll start with that one first. Like We do not have enough testosterone to have incredibly um, masculine features. Uh, some people might put on muscle easier than others, but strength training in general is so good for our biology because it, it helps us maintain muscle mass, which is A, going to increase our basal metabolic rate, which means that we're burning more calories at rest which means we eat we can eat more which means we are actually actually utilizing more fat than than someone who's not doing any strength training so like if we're talking about aesthetic goals like we can get to our goals easier with strength strength training and so that's a b we actually have there's so much So many benefits to bone health when it comes to strength training for the female body. Um, And one of those is that we prevent bone loss later in life. So, again, like with strength training, like we are going to just have, like, more, arguably more longevity and a higher quality of life, too.
0: Interesting. And this is well studied right? I I think sometimes in my mind, I'm like, female stuff's just not studied enough. But are there a lot of studies specific to female fitness and strength training?
1: Yes, there are a, there are so many research studies as it pertains to the female body. But not only that, there are so many research studies now, like, since just to bring it back, like, there are people that do believe that there aren't research studies for menstrual cycle health, but we started researching menstrual cycle health as it pertains to fitness and nutrition back in the 90s. Like you can find research articles from the 90s. And since the mid 2000s, like 2010, the amount of research studies that have been done. On fitness nutrition and the menstrual cycle have just like have just skyrocketed so there are there are many studies about this and you gotta find if you're interested you gotta find them or hit me up because i i got a binder full of them that's just kind of what i do on my weekends (laughs) i like i read these research studies um yeah, I have like 50 research studies in a binder that I'm slowly sifting through.
0: You're so cool. I love this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. Thanks, in one nerd to another.
0: Yes, yes. Let's yep. yep. unite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: is there a simple way you think more women could tune into their cycle as their superpower in feminine fitness versus feeling like it's a hindrance or like, oh, I can't just? train maybe like a man, like, I got to take all this into account.
1: I mean, it's really, it's so much easier, I will say, Um, as someone who really enjoyed training like a man and who thought like, like, you know, training lighter and like, you know, taking all this into account would be confusing. It's a lot less confusing because you're actually exercising more intuition, but in a way that feels easeful. And at the same time, you don't have to push your body as hard all the time. And that part really feels good to me. Like part of me always feels like I'm getting like (laughs) the inner like rebel school child in me, like always feels like I'm getting away with something when I like can like do like a 20 minute like yoga session and then be like, yeah, I'm done for the day. I'm gonna go like the only other exercise that I'll be doing is like gardening or like chasing the chickens around the yard. Like that's it, you know? So
0: <laughs> And that's a goal. That's goals.
1: <laughs> yeah, hashtag goals, you know. Um and also like realizing that many things in our life are exercise. Like, I mean, this is gonna this might sound like really ridiculous, but last night I was mopping the house and I like like I always like work up a sweat when I mop. Um, I don't know if that's true for anybody else but I always work up a sweat when I'm like cleaning and stuff and like cleaning is exercise. Like, you know do like carrying heavy loads is exercise. If you garden that's exercise. If you have a dog and walk the dog that's exercise. So like you know if you are thinking that like oh training for your training in the four phases of your menstrual cycle is like a lot more complicated a it's not because you're actually going to be responding to your hormones in a way that feels a lot easeful. and then also understanding that like a lot of things that we do in our day-to-day life is exercise too you know like you're not going to be missing out on exercise because there's I'm sure we all have a lot of chores to do
0: Totally, and I bet your floors are so clean. If you're working up a sweat,
1: you know I <laughs> hope so. The floor. It was you know, nighttime, what? so I'm not quite sure, but I I hope so.
0: I'm I'm sure they're pretty clean. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um. There's so much I could keep asking you about all of this, but and you can you can expand more if you've got another piece of the puzzle you think is really important to mention. But I love to ask my guests. What is one thing you'd encourage all women to stop doing when it comes to exercise science and one thing that we could all start doing to support our cyclical wellness and our exercise?
1: Oh my gosh, that is a great question. In terms of exercise, what should they stop doing? <sighs> I think the best answer I have is to stop expecting Of our bodies stop expecting our bodies to perform a certain way like stop having this preconceived notion of how our bodies ought to perform because there are so many variables that go into performance like sleep we didn't even talk about nutrition at all but nutrition Um, obviously our hormones um, our mental state our stress level how sore we are from the previous day's exercise or the previous couple days exercise. Like there are so many things that go into our overall exercise. I don't even like using this word, but performance for lack of a better word. And so when we remove the expectation from how we think our body should perform, we actually give it space to do what it wants to do. And so the second part of your question, one thing that I think that people would benefit from picking up is being kinder and gentler to our bodies, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally too. Like the mental aspect, like I just said, not pushing, but the emotional aspect is just like looking at ourselves with kindness and talk, like having the self-talk that is kind and understanding and compassionate as if we were talking to a best friend yeah
0: beautiful
1: yeah Mm. thank you so much Cassandra
0: oh my gosh I loved this conversation and you're right we didn't even get to nutrition like I don't know where the time ever goes in these podcasts (laughs) you just like sit down and and, like an hour passes yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's true (laughs) I know (laughs) But I admire the work you do so much in the world. You are so brilliant. And I love that yeah. your passion is so evident and that you just glow and you get so excited yeah. when you talk about exercise and female cyclical wellness. So where can everyone find you and learn from you if this was like absolutely in resonance?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Fitness flow Method and also on YouTube at Fitness Flow Method, and um, if you are a personal trainer, just reach out to me in my DMs on Instagram. I also have a private uh, Facebook group for personal trainers to learn about the menstrual cycle. It is literally called "Personal Trainers Learn About the Menstrual Cycle," so it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> and um, thank you so much, Cassandra. I love the work that you do. I have so much respect for you, girl, and I am so happy that we finally got a chance to talk.
0: Me too. We're like officially friends now. So now I know for sure. Fish. Yeah. We got to
1: get the bracelets.
0: <laughs> okay. I'll mail you one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you again, Omega. And thank you to everyone listening today. We so appreciate you. If this episode resonated, please tag both of us on Instagram and follow Omega. She has such great wisdom about how to really plug all this into your lifestyle. So we will see all of you here next week. I hope you love today's episode. And if you are a personal trainer or in the fitness space, or simply wanting to expand your knowledge of training with the menstrual cycle, Omega's program is now live her Confident Menstrual Cycle Coach Academy is designed for personal trainers to help you assess hormone imbalances and address them within your scope of practice and also enhance your fitness and nutrition habits with your clients with hormone health in mind. This program is incredible. It is approved by NASM, and you will get continuing education hours just by doing this program with her. The link is below in the show notes, or you can simply go to fitnessflowmethod.com to learn more. Thank you so much for tuning into the Cyclical Podcast today. The best way you can support the show is by rating and reviewing the Cyclical Podcast on iTunes. It also means so much when you share this on Instagram and tag me. It helps me see what episodes really, really resonated and just keep the goodness coming. Thanks again for
1: tuning in, and I'll see you here next week.